0: Random
1: art tips and rambles with Rafi. Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi. And Clee, And today we're going to talk about uh, my four simple rules to becoming an artist. And this, of course, is live. So we got a bunch of really awesome people on here. Uh, we've got Karate Girl, Azura, Ev Stanton, Thomas, abstract artist.
0: Ellen. We've got Ellen, Tina, Tina Colbert,
1: Dana, Dana uh, Norma Jean Jean and Deanne. Very, very nice to have you guys here. And uh, if anybody else uh, joins us, just join in and say hi as we are rambling on and talking. And obviously, everybody that's here, if you have any questions or comments or or anything that you want to share with us while we're talking, please feel free to just um, butt in and interrupt my rambling because... Uh, Chances are there's going to be a lot of that. In case anybody that's listening does not know, I wrote a book called The Rogue Artist Survival Guide. And in that guide, I do cover um, a whole bunch of topics that have to do primarily with the emotions behind being an artist. Because to me, um, you know, learning techniques and mastery is kind of secondary. Uh, Mastery is really um, something that is relative to where it is that you think that you are, or where it is that you think somebody should be in their art. Um, I We got interviewed this morning and actually talked a little bit about it. And the analogy that I gave was if you're an artist and let's say that you get started doing circles and your goal is to do like the perfect circle and every day you work on a circle painting. Um Eventually, you're going to get mastery on that. You're going to get really, really good on that. Um, It doesn't matter if somebody taught you the best techniques on how to do a circle. You're going to create the most perfect circle paintings that are out there. Now, the challenge isn't actually the mastery of the art. The challenge is putting yourself out there and uh, putting up with all the emotional garbage that comes along with that because... Um, For the most part, the biggest challenges that I've had in my career has to do with the emotions and the insecurities that that I brought into my art career and uh, the whole process of putting myself out there facing rejection and all those things. I would say that that is the most difficult part of it.
0: Yeah. Like so creating the art is an individual process, which is going to evolve over time and um but the emotional aspects while they're also going to be unique to the individual i always chuckle a little bit whenever someone's like i don't really want to talk about my feelings yeah i don't want to talk about
1: my feelings
0: and we're like well our channel might not be ideal then but also <laughs> you probably do want to talk about your feelings because that is a huge piece of this
1: it is i i would say that it is the most important part because I think so. Um, when you when you take a look at a lot of the artwork that's out there, whether it is artwork that is uh, has gained some nor- notoriety or it is artwork that, uh, you know, a starting artist is is working on. Mm-hmm. Right. There is some artwork out there by some very, very popular and very famous artists that you can look at and it looks rudimentary. Yeah. Uh it it, it you don't real the only reason that it's called mastery is because the a group of people have deemed that that was one of the masters that
0: this particular artist has mastered this.
1: Exactly, exactly. You know, and and there's a lot of very popular artists, very famous artists from the past and even from the present that when you're looking at their work, um the mastery is uh basically them having created something that was unique and innovative to them and it doesn't so much fall on the actual technique of the work itself right what are the emotions and what is your insecurity when it comes to your are you willing to put yourself out there
0: yeah and actually so like when talking about the masters right um some of the most interesting bits of information as we were talking about this morning are the bits that have to do with their emotional journey oh yeah like Picasso being a very angry yeah, human. Yeah, being a times. very
1: being a very angry human because back in Picasso's time, and even even still a little bit now, but but especially back in Picasso's time, if you notice, there's a lot of male artists, right? Yeah. Um, but if you notice all the photography of the male artists, they're all very stern. They're standing there very macho. Yes, it's you, very
0: machismo. Yeah,
1: because back then the belief was that Um, if you were an artist, you had a limp wrist, whatever it is that that means. But a lot of people thought that like artists were not real men because, you know, you you need to have a real career. If you're going to be a man.
0: Right. So these portrayals were like the answer to that.
1: Right. Exactly. So they would compensate for it. So like Jackson Pollock was very like rugged. And, and you know, I, I forget which, uh, which documentary we watched where one of the other artists was talking about Jackson Pollock. It was like, these were just really ugly men. These were <laughs> like very macho, ugly men. And so they drank and they womanized and they did all that stuff just to prove. That like, no, we're men, we're men and we're painting and we're men. And look at these stern pictures that we're taking. Of course, things are different now. Um, I, I would say that the art world in general, the the, the art stock market or whatever is slowly changing because yeah. there is still in that world, it's still very dominated by a lot of those ideas and those preconceptions whereas like the real art world and in the book I talk about the real art world like what is the and what is real and what isn't is relative so this is just my opinion the individual artist that's out there and creating and blazing their own trail and creating a career um, that to me is the real art world because that is the majority of the art world. It, it may not be the art world that gets on the news because the
0: press coverage. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Because the there wasn't a $15 million or $100 million painting sold at Christie's. Those paintings that sell at Christie's, that accounts for, for less than 1% of the art that's sold out there just here in Pensacola alone. Think of the, the thousands of pieces that are sold weekly just at the Pal Fox market.
0: Oh yeah. It's tons. Let
1: alone the entire state of Florida, let alone the United States, let alone the world. How much artwork is actually being sold out there? Billions of pieces, Mm -hmm. I would say. So like those pieces you don't hear about in the news. You don't hear about somebody uh, commissioning, a local artist for something quite amazing that they can't find anywhere else. And so like, that's the art world that, that really matters to me. And in that art world, it doesn't matter what your gender, what your race is, you are going to succeed. Because you're going to find your following.
0: If you persist through the bull garbage.
1: Exactly. You're not going to have to go through the gatekeepers of, like, what school did you go to for art? No, really. Where have you shown your art? (laughs) You know, like.
0: (laughs) No, you won't find those people trolling the market. Uh, Usually not, anyway. It's all uh, an internal battle of will
1: it is it is because i think one of the biggest problems is that when you're looking at at that particular the the way that that art world is portrayed um there's a lot of ideas and comparisons that we have for ourselves uh that that fall into an insecurity Mm -hmm. oh well is my art good enough Uh, is it good enough to get like, what, what kind of question is that? Is it good enough for who, for what? Right. Like there isn't really a good answer to that question. So my rules are simple and I had to simplify these for myself because I am a very simple person, right? Yes. I do think about a lot of things and I ramble a lot and I talk a lot and I wear my emotions on my sleeve. But you like
0: simplicity. But
1: I like simplicity. So rule number one is you are an artist, create art. And create a lot of it. You know why? Because you're going to be playing around. You're going to be experimenting with new medias. You're going to be creating stuff. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Just create art. You are an artist. So create whatever it is that you deem as your artwork. Number two, put your art and yourself out there in as many places as you can in front of as many people as possible within reason. I want to make sure that I I clarify something here. Within reason. Don't uh, don't follow the bandwagon of everybody telling you that you have to be on TikTok or on whatever it is, whatever social media thing or that you should show your stuff here, show your stuff there. You do whatever is slightly outside of your comfort zone, but still comfortable to you, something that you actually genuinely want to do. And don't worry about, uh, well, you know, I'm not putting my stuff on social media. I'm just kind of showing my stuff locally. Is that wrong? There is no wrong. You're career is going to evolve as you go so whereas maybe now just so just locally is fine um eventually you're gonna want to stretch and grow your career and you're gonna go online for the first six years Clee and i um we did local that's what we focused on and where where was i rule number three okay rule number three persist through the bullshit Uh, Out there, in here, evaluate often. And what I mean by that is that when you put yourself out there, you are going to face rejection. You are going to face criticism. You are going to face people that are uh, critical of you because uh they're insecure and they believe that I don't know, whatever whatever hoity toity uh art thing that somebody might say about your art or your career, people are gonna have their suggestions. They're gonna they're gonna tell you, well, your that stuff isn't gonna sell or whatever it is, whether they're artists or they're just family, um, you're gonna deal with some bullcrap. Now, the biggest bull crap that you are going to deal with, though, is going to come from your own head. You're going to deal with your own insecurities and the voices in your head telling you that you're not good enough and you're this and you're that. It's and,
0: true. It's true. It happens all the time. Yep.
1: Yeah. And, and the, the interesting thing about that is that no matter how long you've been doing this, like we've been doing this for for about a decade. Yep. And you will still run into that as long as you're not doing the same old thing. Uh, anytime that you're pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone or trying to grow yourself a little bit more or take that next step. Yeah, you're going to deal with the voices uh, in there, out there. And, you know, you just got to evaluate what they are and and just persist through the bull crap. And then rule number four, keep going, keep creating and evolving and just don't quit. And that that I would say is my my biggest One, because you're going to have to put up with the the crap that happens in your mind, the insecurities, the fact that nobody bought anything for the first week, maybe the the first month that you put yourself out there, um, it was crickets and you just felt invisible. You know, being somewhere that that's one of the biggest ones is you you actually put your artwork out there and a bunch of people walk by and don't even pay attention to you.
0: Right. And a lot of artists think they're the only ones that experience that. But it's actually so common. It's almost like a rite of passage.
1: Yeah, it is. It's it's, you know, like where you become we called it in the beginning. We called it uh, becoming part of the zoo exhibit. That's where like they glance, you know, like when people go to the zoo And everybody wants to go see the lions or all the exciting animals. And they just walk by like the cow. The cow's just standing there. It's like, what? You you act like you see a cow every day. You know, sometimes that's how we felt being at at markets or at shows. Like you're standing there. I remember when we did the the Gallery 1060 show and I was standing there next to my art. And I was like, man, this is the coolest piece ever. Whatever. And I was standing there and uh, people were walking by. Because there was a this beautiful bright and it was a beautiful piece of art, but there was this beautiful attention calling bright piece that was right next to mine, and so like people were just kind of like they'd look at one piece, they'd start glancing at mine, and then their attention would be pulled to the other piece. And I was uh, like, "Damn it, you dun, know, like, dun, dun, dun. yeah, exactly." So like. And it's easy when when you're feeling ignored or when you have like that kind of experience, it's easy to take that as a negative experience like
0: this is not working. Yeah.
1: And immediately think to yourself like, oh, is it me? I think that that's that's part of the biggest insecurity. Is it me? It's my art. My art sucks. I don't know why I'm putting my art out there. Like nobody cares about this stuff. Like I gotta, I gotta change what I create. That's the biggest one. Oh, totally. Is, is I got, I have to create stuff that that people are interested in, and then go through the craziness of trying to figure out what people are interested in.
0: Yeah. And then dealing with the roller coaster of emotions, it's like you're not really into making this stuff, but you're making this stuff. And and I mean,
1: and that's something definitely that we talk about because it's something that we went through in the very beginning.
0: Totally. Yeah. You guys are
1: speaking from my heart, said Tina. I've got a style of art that I absolutely love, right? Mm -hmm. But it is not everybody's cup of tea. There are some people out there that they just don't get it. They don't get the art. They look at it. Um, My dad is one of them.
0: Like, yeah, you're still making those weird paintings yeah, about yeah, nothing.
1: Yeah, you're making he's that's talking about my abstract paintings. Whenever he sees an abstract, he's like, "You're making those weird paintings about nothing," and I'm like, "Dad, yeah, <laughs> you don't get it. I I understand.
0: Yeah, they're not about nude ladies or horses. So yeah, they're not his cup of tea.
1: <laughs> Dad, when uh, when I had uh, the Museum of Contemporary Art show in chicago which was a big deal for me and i was it was the first time that i showed my art and the only reason that i got into the show was because a friend of mine submitted my pieces and um i was so nervous because like the river north art gallery area all these like art critics from chicago were coming out and i was absolutely terrified and of course i had a series of abstracts Mm -hmm. so my dad shows up And the artist that was displaying his work right next to me had these beautiful figurative paintings of nudes. And so he comes in and he's looking at my artwork and he slaps one of my pieces and he's trying to give me a compliment in dad's way. Mm -hmm. He's like, this one, this one kind of looks like throw up. You know? Thanks, Dad. and he's saying it real loud and he's touching my piece because dad doesn't have like art gallery etiquette, which I don't mind if people touch my pieces, but it it was just at the time I was horrified because I was such a newbie. And, yeah, you
0: were and, scared. So you were yeah. trying to observe the art. gallery. Yeah, I was etiquette. trying.
1: I was trying to be a hoity toity because I thought that that's what you needed to be if you were an artist right. to be a hoity toity. Yeah. And there's my dad in his like Mexican Charo outfit. And so like he shows up to this event and these are all hoity-toity people and dad's there. And, and I love my dad. I love my dad back then. And I love my dad now. The only problem is that I was so insecure back then that he would embarrass me. And so he shows up and he's being himself and he's just like being awesome. But I was so insecure about it because he slapped my paintings and then pointed to the nude paintings is like, well, that's art over there. Look at that. That's beautiful. <laughs> and and I was just horrified, even though nobody else there cared. I think one of the art critics started laughing and was like, yeah, you're right, sir. But it's it's interesting because it was my insecurity that took that experience and turned it into a negative thing. Right. If I was able to play that over again, I would have so much fun with that whole thing because yeah. it's dad it's a, it's a great story but
0: in the beginning in the beginning you were trying to figure out what people wanted what they liked
1: yeah exactly and of course you know somebody was interested in one of my paintings and because my because uh, the only inkling of the art world that i understood was the art world that you see on tv so i was like well my painting needs to be priced at $45,000 this tiny little like 8 by 10 right <laughs> my painting needs to be priced at $45,000 if it's going to be taken seriously. Those are the prices that artwork's getting. So this guy asked me, like, how much for that piece? I was like, $45,000. And I remember his jaw-dropping insecurity hit me, too, because I was like, oh, my God, nobody's going to buy my... Of course nobody was going to buy it there. Nobody was there with $45,000 to buy art. It was like a local art show. It right. wasn't one of those big... It wasn't Christie's or anything like that. I took that experience totally got insecure because I did not understand that it wasn't this role or game that I had to play. Yeah. That being an artist is not about that.
0: And thus over the last 10 years, you've cultivated yes. these four very simple rules yeah, to I, keep yourself to to check in with yourself too. Yeah. I think.
1: Yeah. And it, and it is to check in with myself because it's easy to get pulled into that world of, uh, people (laughs) it's easy to get pulled into that world when you do as many art events as we do
0: Mm -hmm. you know because
1: you go into one of these art events and you're you're talking to people and there's a big difference when you go in there and you understand that everyone that is going to this event whether they are hoity-toity or not they are totally insecure yeah, about their art. your
0: dad's kind of my spirit animal when it comes to like how I would like to feel and be at art events, you know, because over time I've gotten more comfortable. But I would love to be able to walk in somewhere and be like, well, that's got some good colors. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, but that's got some nice colors in it.
1: It's almost like people are worried about what they say mm-hmm. because they think that there is an etiquette when you're talking about a piece. So a lot of times I'll have one of my abstracts that I created simply because like, let's say I wanted to capture a sunset, but I wanted to capture the colors of the sunset. Mm -hmm. So it's all about the color scheme. It's all about the way that the colors come together, the shapes, the, the, the feeling of it. Right. Um, as far as like deep psychological, like if it does have a deep significance deeper than that, like Mm -hmm. these are the colors of the sunset and this is what the sunset means to me. Um, If it has that for someone else, then great when they're looking at it. But as far as me talking to somebody, I've been in that role where I've tried to make something deeper
0: than it was for you than
1: it was because I was worried that if I didn't talk about my art that way that that was the wrong way to talk about art. And
0: so a comment or a question like, I like those colors. I don't get it. Not so much to be uh, shallow or even snarky, but to be like, that's a conversation starter. That gives you the opportunity to be like, well, I was capturing the feelings of a sunset.
1: Yeah, those are the feelings of a sunset. I love those colors. That's what I use. I primarily use a lot of blues in my paintings for whatever reason. Maybe I'm going through a blue period. Or even
0: potentially like this one kind of looks like throw up. Yeah, this one kind of looks like throw up. And you can be like, well. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I, and I could have easily
1: asked him, like, so what made you think of throw up? Was it the colors, the texture? What was it? Like, that's really cool because that obviously invoked an emotion.
0: Right. What's the what's the backstory in your mind? What kind of throw up? What was this person having before they <laughs> anyway? Hey, there's
1: Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Let's get back on track. There okay. we go. We just rambled. About yeah, we did. Throw up. Sorry, right. not
0: sorry. <laughs> so rule number one, you are an artist, create art, and a lot of it. Yes. Which has everything to do with your own personal process, finding your voice, as they say.
1: Yes. And and the thing is that I don't want to, I don't, hey, I sold my first piece. Awesome. Congratulations. Okay. Congratulations. That's amazing. And I want to make something very, very clear here that when I say create a lot of it, I don't mean like... Um, you know, you have to, you have to create a whole bunch of art because I think a lot of people have, uh, I've been contacted by artists that have heard me say that. Yeah. And then they'll show me like a room full of like a bunch of pieces that were very hurried through. Right. And like, that's not what I mean. I don't mean just produce more pieces. Um, I mean, just if you're an artist, create art. Experiment. Play around
0: at whatever Tweak rate pieces. is yeah. comfortable for at what, you. At whatever but rate is comfortable. just don't
1: stop. Yeah, exactly. Don't right. stop because that's that's what happens. A lot of people get discouraged and then they put it aside. That's that's that was my routine.
0: Or they get jaded and they put it aside. I got to a point uh, after so many years of doing the market where I would only produce jewelry if I had to. Like yeah. if I either I had an order. Or I needed to fill a spot that was empty on one of the trays. Right. So there was like no playing around for the fun of it anymore. Right. It was just like mechanical.
1: And that's where that's where money money starts getting in. Because th- right. that's one of the, the reason that this list is there uh, for me to reevaluate is because, believe it or not, when you start making a little bit of money doing your art. It does change the dynamic of your art career, whereas when you first get started, like you're creating pieces because this is what you want to see. I want to create this piece. I want to put it out there. And then you decide that you're going to do your first show and you're nervous and you put your artwork out there and then you sell a piece and you're like, whoa, I sold a piece. Immediately, if you're not thinking about this stuff, your mind Willie um, will we'll think like, well, that's that's the kind of art that sells, mm-hmm. you know. And then you start creating stuff that you think sells. Yeah, so, and if you're
0: not careful, you could find yourself going into production mode, as exactly. I call it, where you're not playing around anymore for the love of creating. Right.
1: You're not innovating. You're not creating new series. You're not playing around with things that you know. You almost put projects to the side because, like, I need to create this stuff. Yeah. and I need to do this, and that
0: can very quickly start to feel like a job. Tina said, "This keeps happening to me." being discouraged or busy and putting it aside and having trouble getting motivated again
1: yeah and when you think about that particular thing if you're getting discouraged about something it means that you're not getting a result that you're hoping to get and really you guys when it comes to creating the art the result has to be the art itself
0: yeah, the the barometer is like personal satisfaction with what you've created.
1: If you are using uh, the barometer of how much attention am I getting on social media or how many pieces am I selling, then um, that it's easy. It's very easy to get discouraged. Hell, I would get discouraged week to week because... Mm-hmm. There have been times where I'm like really proud of a piece and I post it on social media and it's like crickets. And I'm like, really? This is an awesome piece. <laughs> and then I'll post some random picture of me in the studio making a goofy face. And then all of a sudden it gets a whole bunch of like likes and stuff like that and a bunch of attention.
0: Those are not good long-term motivators. The good long-term is enjoying what you're doing yeah
1: exactly and that's that's where evaluating making sure that you check in with yourself to make sure that your motivation behind the creation of the art is genuine when we do shows a lot of times people will ask us how did the show go and what they mean is did you sell anything right and that's their measure of whether or not uh it was a good time not how many people did, did we meet how many pieces of art did we talk about what uh, what what interactions do we have? Because eventually those interactions are going to pay off uh, financially. But if you're just measuring something that way, it it could be really discouraging.
0: You just <laughs> never know how the, what the response is going to be financially, emotionally from other people. So it's almost like you kind of have to take that out of the equation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and that's the thing. If you're getting super excited about the work that you're creating then you're going to keep getting excited just by the process of creating the work.
0: Finding your style is more important than finding your money. The artists I remember best have a style I could pick out of a crowd. I'm an artist and that's the art I buy.
1: Yeah, that's true possibilities. Norma, I, that's yeah. that's that's true. Um there's a reason why people tend to find their voice when they become more confident about what they're creating. And really the confidence is the ability to say, you know what, I'm not going to worry about what's popular or what people like. I'm going to create what I want to see. And a lot of times those things are experimental. They're weird. They're different. Yeah. But they are innovative. And because they're different, nobody's ever seen them before. And so it becomes your style and something that allows you to create your following
0: And it doesn't mean you have to niche yourself either. Like you create a lot of different subject matter in your art, but there's a Rothy quality.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's what I get excited about. A lot of people tell me like, I saw this art and I knew that it was yours. Yeah.
0: This is like art collectors too. Some people know what they like. You had a woman tell you. I really like your art, but I need to know if your art is considered good. Yeah. Because she was unsure of her own feelings about your art.
1: And again, what happens there is that, so, and I don't want to get into a rant about this, but like the way that the art world is perceived because because of the fact that it's run by gatekeepers yeah right so the 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 mainstream art world is not necessarily run by the artists it's run by a lot of gatekeepers
0: yes and their singular goal really is to tell you what you like what's important and capitalize on it and i mean that's the business model so you can't fault them for it but you don't have to be a part of it either
1: exactly exactly but because that's the that's the art world that a lot of people think like oh well that's the art world yes um, a lot of people are very insecure about what they're going to buy and so they look to other people to buy stuff. I think I have a lot of collectors uh, that never bought art before they bought my art. yep and then eventually those collectors became huge collectors and bought collections of my art for their houses because they trusted me. and it was because I was able to educate them in like listen, buying art, is it's all about buying something that you feel that you're making an investment in, whether it is emotional or it is financial or whatever it is. But it's up to you to decide what is the artwork that you want to stare at every day. Right.
0: Don't worry so much if it's going to be important 100, 200 years from now. Does it make you feel good when you look at it?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So I think, yeah, the takeaway is like create what you love. There are 8 billion people in the world and you'll find your people yeah, regardless I, of what you're creating.
1: Uh, it is important to realize, like, listen, put your stuff out there. You may grow slowly, um, but you're going to grow a very loyal following. And the truth is that as far as like people following the 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 whole, you know, what's popular, you become popular the more people that collect your art. Right. And so like a lot of those artists that ended up making it into the mainstream was because they created a very strong and popular career, not in the mainstream. It's like you're an outsider artist who you know, doesn't really have a real job until you're an insider artist. Right.
0: And then you, then you're important.
1: Yeah. And then you're important according to that art world. But you were important to begin with. So you create the stuff that you believe is important. The only way that you could ever fail at doing anything is if you stop and you give up. Because ultimately, you could change direction a little bit. You could evolve it. You could um, switch your ideas up.
0: You could pivot. You could pivot. Go in an entirely
1: different direction. Um, you could do whatever it is. But the moment that you give up and you say, "I can't do this," then that that's a failure. And even that is just a temporary failure. It's just, it's basically, it's a work in progress. Yeah. Because think about when you're creating a work of art or when you're creating a painting, right? For
0: that, 90% of the work, it's so, Oh my God. Yeah. Just 90% <laughs> of the time you're like,
1: Oh my, this is not going in the direction that I wanted. I don't know if this is going to work out. Oh, why did I just, why did I do that mark there? Why did I do this? Like, most of the time you're like, I don't know if this is going to work out. And then finally towards the end, you're like, okay, this is this is kind of working. It's looking good.
0: It might be okay. And yeah. then at the
1: end of it, most times you create something that you're super proud of. And you're like, wow, look at that. Look, I created that thing.
0: I love that your dad said to me when I started making jewelry, like, it's going to look like a turd until you polish it.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: <laughs> and he was right. Yep.
1: Got to put yourself out there. And just keep going, no matter what anyone says, just as long as you follow your way of doing things and blaze your trail, then know that you're doing it right.
0: Tina said, that's funny. My dad has been an artist for 60 years. When I lost my job 10 years ago, he told me, you need to paint.
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) I love that.
0: Yeah, they don't believe in your potential and ability. It doesn't matter what they believe. Exactly, Cassie,
1: because honestly... What they're doing is projecting their ability and their potential. And the fact of the matter is you got to remember if somebody um, is working a job that they hate and they are trying to put you down because you want to follow your dreams, then if you follow your dreams and you succeed, you are showing them that they were wrong to put their dreams aside and do something that that's, that's how I was. And as as
0: bad as it sounds, a lot of people don't want that. They don't want that in their face.
1: Yeah. And, and I, I hate admitting this, but back in the day, this is what was going on with me because I was in corporate. I was miserable. And so whenever anybody came to me, and was like, yeah, I want to do this thing. And like, this is what I want to work on. uh, I was, I was negative about it. And really, they had the right point. The only reason that I was negative about it was because I was miserable with my own life. And if they proved me wrong, then all that was doing was showing me like, why the heck am I doing this thing that I don't want to do when I could pursue something that I love if they succeeded? Yeah. So a lot of times people are very, very um, argumentative.
0: And protective of their own excuses. And
1: protective of their own excuses. So yeah, what they believe. Doesn't matter because it doesn't have anything to do with you. It has everything to do with them and what they believe is possible for them. Let me cover those uh my rogue artist survival guide rules to being an artist. Number one, you are an artist, create art and a lot of it. And by a lot of it, I don't mean just a lot of it, random art. Create the art that you want to create, evolve, play around, do what it is that you want to do. Number two, put your art and yourself out there in as many places as you can, in front of as many people as possible within reason for you. Number three, persist through the bullshit out there in your own head and evaluate often which direction you're heading in. And rule number four, keep going, keep creating, evolve and don't quit. Just. Keep doing this thing that you guys love because listen it's all about this very short experience that we have on this planet and we might as well do what we love.
0: Yes, a bunch of beautiful dots on a larger dot hurtling through space at a <laughs> bunch of miles per hour and just you got to make the most of the moments you have. Yep.
1: And hopefully you guys got a lot out of that and thank you so much for listening. I totally adore you and if you guys want to subscribe uh, just go ahead and click somewhere around here to uh, subscribe to us and uh, we do the live stream at least once a month and uh you'll find out about that on Patreon and that's it you want to say goodbye clee good day adios